0: Good morning. It's a beautiful Sunday in the old Pueblo, and you're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored rock and roll radio station. On this week's episode, we're going to speak with Jackie Alpers. She's an award-winning photographer. She's an author, a recipe maker, and a food lover. She recently wrote the cover article for the Tucson Travel Guide. It's called Women's Work the past, present, and future of Tucson's Mexican food is female. We're going to learn more about Jackie and the premise of her story in just a few minutes. Today is March 20th, 2022. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core, and we shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A-Mountain to U-Arizona and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, available for streaming on downtownradio.org. Also available on your iPhone or Android by getting our very own Downtown Radio Tucson app. And if you want to hit us up on the show, our email address is contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org. That same URL will take you to all of our past episodes. You can find us on social media and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Well, downtown Tucson has told us to take a hike. Can you believe that? In fact, starting today, they want you to take a haiku hike. Uh, this is a process uh, that started a few years ago, I think in 2019, and they solicit haiku uh, poetry from our local poets. Here in the Tucson area. This year's theme was metamorphosis. And the winners were selected by Tucson's poet laureate, T.C. Tolbert. And the uh, end result then is a acrylic, uh, a clear acrylic with the haiku listed on it and placed in the planters around the downtown area. So you can head over to the website, Tucson.org. For more info, but the Haiku Hike starts today on March 20th. Our guest has also been sort of on a tour of her own of food. Her name is Jackie Alpers. She is a photographer by trade. She has gotten into the food industry years ago. She's written some cookbooks. And she has just recently written an article about the importance of the female presence in Tucson's Mexican food scene. That uh, story became the cover article for our Tucson Travel Guide, so we wanted to have her on the show and get a little bit about her history and uh, learn more about how and why she wrote this article. So we have with us today Jackie Alpers with a very long resume, which we're not going to go through all of it, but in essence, you are a, a photographer, an author, a recipe maker, a food lover. Did I, did I get most of them in there?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks for having me
0: on. Uh, absolute pleasure. You know, you're, uh, I keep track of you on through Facebook, and it seems like every other post is either a recipe or an award for a photography uh, session that you did with one of our local restaurants.
1: Yeah, it's been an amazing awards uh, season this year. I, I You know, I, I never think I'm going to win anything, so I just go for all of them, and this year it came out better than I expected. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, how, so is your background in food or photography, or how how did this how did this match come to be?
1: Well, my background's in photography. I, I have a degree in both fine art and commercial photography from the Columbus College of Art and Design in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and I my background's really um, I, I was the managing editor of Swanstock, which is a fine art photography agency that was based out of Tucson that was later acquired by Getty, um, and I did that for four years. So I really gained a background in working on a lot of different book covers, magazine articles, advertising campaigns, and from working on all those different projects, I realized how much I, I really enjoyed photographing food and i I got a job next working at Canyon Ranch as their media relations person, and I worked a lot with their kitchen and their chef and I started taking photos of their food there, and that kind of evolved to me shooting um magazine articles for places like Madden Media, Tucson Guide, and tucson lifestyle and And then I just was like all food because I really love. <laughs> Photographing food because it doesn't really move around or talk back. <laughs> you know.
0: How did you get? Maybe I missed this, but how did you get from from Columbus, Ohio to Canyon Ranch? What what was the what got you out to Arizona?
1: Well, I uh, uh, after I graduated from college, I I decided I wanted to find a new place to live, and so I took a road trip with a friend of mine across country. Uh, I, I thought I wanted, was going to go to grad school in Santa Fe. I really wanted to study with Joel Peter Witkin. Actually, he's in Albuquerque, uh, a, who's a fine art photographer there. And I got, to, I got to the University of New Mexico, and they're like, well, you know what? If you don't have a 4.0 grade point average, we're not even going to consider you. I'm like, oh, okay, I wish I'd done that before. So I kept driving, and my friend was, had decided that he, he really wanted to move Tucson and as soon as I got here I knew it was the place for
0: me and so I went back to
1: Ohio packed up all my stuff and moved on out here.
0: What year was was this that you ended up in Tucson then? Uh,
1: 1993 Oh my gosh. It's been almost 30 years now
0: So Jackie, I think we were on the same road trip because I moved here from Columbus in
1: 1993
0: (gasps) Oh Oh my (laughs) gosh (laughs) <laughs> we're we're, we're going to have to talk about that on a, on a different oh show here.
1: I right am now. I am shocked. Did you go to, Did you go to college there?
0: Yeah, I went. I went to Ohio State.
1: Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, we'll, that's we'll, that's we'll, amazing. We will
0: catch up separately on that. I don't want to to uh, take all yeah. the time here. We right, got too okay, too yeah, many good that, things that here. Is
1: Oh my goodness! gracious. So we must be like the same age, almost oh, oh my gosh i'm'm I'm <laughs>
0: <laughing at it. laughs> so you so you get into photography and then I'm looking at your 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 page and um you know, the photography you liked f- photographing food, but something changed because a few years ago you put out a cookbook, yeah, so it's not just the yeah. photography now you're you're creating food as well as pho- pho- uh, photographing it
1: yes, okay, so. I don't remember what year it was, but it was maybe uh, 13 years ago, whatever year that was, <laughs> I, my husband was telling me that I needed to start a blog and this was kind of at the time where blogs were like kind of, there was a whole mommy blogger thing or like it was like kind of just people who didn't have anything to do with their lives and they would put out recipes and blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't want to do that. I'm not like a mommy blogger. I'm just, you know, I. he's like, well, your food photographs and your recipes need to be documented somewhere. And I was like, eh, I don't know. But, so, but I listened eventually. And from that blog, I just got a lot of attention. So I just started kind of putting up my own recipes and photographing them or other people's recipes that I liked. I'd photograph them. And uh, the, a lot of the recipes would get, like, picked up by media outlets and things kind of escalated. And then one day, um, Margaret Aurora McGuire from uh, Quirk Books emailed me and she said, I want to write a book about sprinkles. And I, I want to do a book about sprinkles. She's an editor. And I want you to be the one to write it. And I was like... Okay, <laughs> and so, that, and I'd already photographed a few cookbooks for other people, um, but this was the first one that I that I wrote as well, and and like I don't even like sweets, but she knew that I had a certain visual, you know, style that she liked, and the whole idea of writing this this book on sprinkles was really about teaching people creativity in the kitchen you know, how there's not really arts in school any, not much anymore, and a lot of kids don't really have any understanding of, like, you know, how color works, (laughs) or how to make something look a certain way, and so that was really the basis for that book, is to kind of let people express themselves in a way that wasn't, that there were no stakes, you know, if you decorate a cookie, and you don't like it, you just eat that cookie, and, you know, decorate another cookie, so That was the goal for that book, and I think it came out really well, and I'm pretty happy with it, but it wasn't really the book that I wanted to do. This uh, Taste of Tucson book had been kind of simmering on the back burner of my mind for years, and I kind of pitched it a couple of times, and nobody was really that interested until the Tucson City of Gastronomy designation came from UNESCO. And then people started really perking up their ears, and suddenly that Sonoran food was a thing that they were interested in. And, and I wouldn't have been able to make the book before that, because really, it was challenging enough just to get people to understand Mexican food for a weird reason, especially a unique kind of Mexican regional cuisine that nobody ever heard of before.
0: So you you these recipes and Taste of Tucson those are those aren't other people's recipes that your photography uh, you're taking pictures of that's your you created those dishes or, or you are re- replicating some of the dishes in Tucson as well
1: They are there there are 15 re- well no there's they're mostly mine There were 15 local chefs who contributed recipes or either they contribute a recipe or we work together on a recipe so, for example, uh, Travis Peters from the parish, he ha- I was like, I want to do pork torta, but I, so, uh, but I want it to be a little bit different than like, the one that he had at the parish, which was a little more southern. So he came up with a recipe for, for, the, ch- for the pulled pork. So it was a bit of a southern-style pulled pork, but it had a, a snoring slant. And then I came up with a recipe for the pork torta itself and photographed it. so but that was only that was only about fifteen recipes in the book out of fifty. so most of them are my own creations, and I photographed them all, or they're modified versions of creations from other chefs. like I have um, from El Sur, I really love this dish uh, the And steak rancheras, Um, that's like one of my all-time favorite dishes in Tucson. And so I was eating lunch there, and the owner was there, and I was like, would you mind giving me the recipe for my book? I want your recipe in the book. I don't want to do another version because it's the one I love. And she said yes. (laughs) So that's just her recipe credited to her, and I photographed it
0: we back to finish up the second part of our interview with Jackie Alpers in just a moment but first i want to remind you that you're listening to life along the streetcar and downtown radio 99.1 fm and available for streaming on downtownradio.org
2: this podcast is sponsored by the mortgage guidance group and nova home loans if you enjoyed this podcast keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes current events and things to do while visiting tucson Tom Heath, NMLS number 1 8 Nova, NMLS number 3087. BK number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity.
0: So we've heard Jackie Alpers tell us her story of how she got into photography, food, and cookbooks. And now we're going to learn about her cover story for the uh, Tucson Visit Guide here that comes out from Visit Tucson and features uh, two iconic female um, Mexican restaurant owners and operators. But I think it's a good segue as you're talking about, you know, your favorite dish being from a, you know, a female chef, a female entrepreneur, because most yeah. recently, and I think the purpose for the call was because we, I just saw the, uh, the Visit Tucson, the official travel guide. And yes. on the cover is a couple of our famous chefs with Carlota and Maria. And then I see it pop up on your Facebook page It said, "Hey, I wrote the cover story for the for the, the, the Tucson Guide." Uh, and I was just fascinated by by that. So tell me a little bit about um, the article and you know your thoughts and and where you came up with your 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 concept.
1: Well, um, it was it was kind of a joint brainstorming session with Dan Gibson who's a communications director at Visit Tucson. He approached me and he said he wanted to do a story on women chefs. He wanted to include both Carlota and Maria and it could and I said, "Well, I'd really like there to be a historical component and how they've how women chefs as a whole have influenced the cuisine, the local cuisine." And then I went on kind of a long research uh, journey, <laughs> where I, I I I asked for help from. A, there was a woman who wrote that uh, a couple of books about restaurants in in Tucson and their history. And I asked her, you know, for some early if she for early examples of women chefs. And you know, a lot. And I started seeing that a lot of them weren't really documented, other than. The ones whose families had really kept the story going. There wasn't a comprehensive understanding of how these women chefs really um, forged uh, Sonoran cuisine into, into what in Tucson into what it is today. And because it was often, women were often ignored, even though they were working in the kitchens from the beginning. Usually, it was their husbands or even sons. Who
0: would get the credit for the restaurant, and so their stories were never told. Hmm. interesting, and so on, on the cover you, you know just to, to clarify, we have Maria Maison of uh, Boca tacos, uh, Itikla, Tequila, and then uh, Carlota Flores of El Charo Cafe and, and many other concepts. And the article, I think, is well done because um, you know I, I, I thought you know like with Maria you know talking about her history and how she got involved, it was because of her mother. And Carlotta getting involved because of her great aunt. Uh, so yes. there were women leading and driving women.
1: Oh, all of the stories were so interesting, and and with Maria, I had no idea what her background was because I I only known that who she was today, and so it was it was really great to be able to. We sat down on Zoom together because I've done a lot of things with Maria over the years. I mean, we've. We did two some uh, festival of books, like uh, we did a cooking thing together, and, and we interviewed each other, and we've talked about a lot of stuff. But I never really dived into like what her personal history was until I sat down on Zoom with her for this book. And it was after she was on Top Chef and had come home, and I didn't even know she was doing any of that, you know, until until it was airing. Um, so, yeah, so, that she so had to keep that,
0: I think she had to keep that super secret uh, for, yeah, for, yeah. for that she
1: was, I was like why can't I not get up because we were going to do this Tucson Festival of Books thing uh, right when she was there and we had agreed we were going to do this demo together and I was like what's going on and I was like I think she was in her normal and I was like what's, I, but she didn't say anything <laughs> <laughs> now I know but but when we sat down on Zoom to talk about this this, her personal history, and I realized how entrenched she was into the history of Tucson and how her mother-in-law and her ex-husband and that whole family that started Papagayo had such a huge influence on her that I never knew about that Papagayo was really amazing for her because she had been, she was going to school here and had, was just working, and Papagayo Papa was a waitress. And for some, you know, she was lucky enough that the owner, who is, who is I, uh, I'm blanking on her name right now, but her, the female owner said, you know, you let her cook and come up with her own recipes in the kitchen. So she got this big break from an, another woman who saw potential in her. And I thought that was such an amazing story.
0: Yeah. And then with Carlota, you know, we've talked about the the history of Monica Flynn, especially now it seems you know, a hundred years later, you know, she's getting the, the, some of the credit she deserves with a building named after her and a restaurant named after her. Uh, but yeah. you know, fifty years of of Monica Flynn running the El Traro restaurant, and I and I liked in your in your article how you talked about Carlota, you know, taking over, you know, basically fifty years ago and taking that yeah. and turning it into really a dynasty.
1: Yeah, Carota amazing, and and I have a similar story to to Maria's in that. My first job here in Tucson was at El Charo. I got a job as a busser, and I quickly started bartending. And the, at the time, the bar was in the kitchen, like in the back in the corner, and I'd also make desserts, So I'd stay in the, in the back, in the back there and make millions of margaritas and kind of got in, entrenched into the whole kitchen situation that was going on there. And I learned so much from that job, and Carlota really saw potential in me and helped me become a photographer and, and taught me so much about, about what Sonoran food is. Like she had, she had all the servers at the time, spend a day in the kitchen cooking with the chef so that you really understood how the food was made. And so she's, she's, Carlos is amazing and she's brilliant. And she's, she's a great mentor to so many people, not just myself.
0: Well, and, and with the, the notoriety that came from, you know, Maria's Television appearances and, you know, Carlota's just that brand with her family just continues to expand. You know, they just opened up the Monica downtown, which um, a yeah. fantastic place. You know, I think that's where you get into the future of Mexican yeah. restaurant is, is female as well.
1: Yes. Well, there's so many women right now who are doing amazing things. And that's another that's another part of what I want to do to uh, cover in the article is that. So one of the wonderful things about Tucson is it creates an environment where women can thrive. That I Tucson is one of the more inclusive uh, places I, that I'm aware of, where and especially women who who are cooks can really grow into being whatever they want. I mean, there's so many restaurants like that, and for so many for so many years. Even like Wendy at uh, Garcia Tumerico. Her, she's doing amazing things, and um, the Anita Street Market, where mm-hmm. she was a little bit afraid, I think, or you know, challenged to take over from from her grandmother, who died during COVID, but is now taking the reins back and kind of growing into herself. And there's, and that's just those are just a couple of stories. There's, there's still so many.
0: Yeah, I know, like Panka with uh, Patricia Suave. Uh, running that, although she's not the chef, but she's you know oh, the, yeah. the entre- entrepreneur behind that. So, and I, I yes. you know, in your article, you put in parentheses, you know, sort of an open invitation to anyone to steal this idea and write a book. Um, but this sounds like this sounds like your territory. I, I, I would imagine you've got to be thinking about writing a book on on this topic. Oh
1: yeah, I've already started.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> I've already started to write my my next book, which isn't just going to be about about the women's chefs in Tucson. It's going to be in continue. I guess I'm one of the women chefs of Tucson at this point because it, my next cookbook, um, will include some of that in it. You know, it it will definitely address the women chefs and the history of women chefs in Tucson. In addition to having a bunch of new recipes from me and from other local chefs, not only female, because it, it, even though being female is, is a big part of, of a very cool thing here, it's more than that. I mean that there are so many, there are mergings of so many different cultures here in Tucson that all embrace uh, the region in different ways. So there's, there are restaurants who are incorporating it into Chinese dishes or Japanese dishes or you know, Middle Eastern dishes. In, in, in ways that you w- won't see anywhere else. And I, that's an, another thing that makes you know the region so special. And so I want to make sure that all of those chefs or especially black chefs, you know, too. I've got the, the um, woman who has this great blog, Collards or the Old Kale. And I can't remember her name because I only just think of that blog name, but she's amazing. And she's already agreed to give me a, a, a recipe uh, for the book, uh, which... But, which will be influenced by her African-American heritage mixed with her Tucson upbringing. Uh, so it's kind of bigger than that. <laughs> yeah,
0: I can't, can't wait to see, uh, to see this, this book come out. The other two have been fabulous. And it's, uh, it's ja- oh, thank you. Jackie Alpers, you, you are a photographer, you're an author, recipe developer. People can catch up with you. I think it's uh, jackieshappyplate.com, that's your website?
1: It's actually just JackieAlpers.com. I do okay. have a blog with my recipes at Jackie's Happy Plate, but you can get there from just going to JackieAlpers.com if you wish.
0: And I would highly recommend if you're on Facebook to to connect and follow, because the photography on your page is just it's just absolutely stunning.
1: Oh, thank you very much. And please, if you have if if anyone hasn't picked up a copy of Taste of of Tucson, please do. It's available. Wherever books are sold, Amazon, the bookstop, all the local bookstores, Antigone, all uh, carry it. Why I Love Where I Live also carries it. They've all been so supportive of this book.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, we'll put some links on our, our page to uh, some of the stuff we talked about today. And, and Jackie, we're going to have to have you come back on here as you get your, uh, your next book rolled out and, and talk about the, uh, the accomplishment there.
1: Wonderful. Thanks again.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Jackie Alpers, thank you for writing a fantastic cover story and highlighting the legacy of Monica Flynn, Carlota Flores, and uh, Maria Maison. My name is Tom Heath. You're listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org.
2: This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to LifeAlongTheStreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. NOVA, NMLS number 3087. BK number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity.
0: Well, that's gonna do it here for episode number one ninety-five, as we get ever so close to that two hundredth episode, just a few weeks away here in April. Huge shout out and thank you to Jackie Alpers. She has an extremely busy schedule with deadlines and such, as she's doing a lot of writing and photography. And invite you to check out her Facebook page, which we'll we'll link to because it's got some really cool photos of and stories and recipes of, of food here in the Tucson area. And if there's a topic you think we should be covering, use that social media, Instagram and Facebook, to tag us in something you find interesting or something we should be sharing. And you can always email us, contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org. Well, as we uh, wrap up here today in honor of our guest, uh, we're going to leave you with a little music today from a group called Again, S-M-E-E-A-G-A-I-N. It's from a 2022 single of theirs. It's called Chef's Special. My name is Tom Heath. I hope you have a great week and tune in next Sunday for more life along the streetcar.